Okay, welcome to the fifth episode of the So Weird Podcast. I'm Zach. I'm Kathy. I'm Emily. And I'm Kat. And today we'll be discussing episode five of season one of So Weird, entitled Escape. What's the supernatural mystery for this week, everybody? Astral projection. Which I have to say, I haven't seen very much in other paranormal shows. Like, it's not a very common topic, I feel like. It isn't. Well, from what I've seen, I've only seen So Weird talk about it and when the Insidious movies came out. Yeah. It shows up a lot. It shows up a lot in comic books. Um, they've done a lot of astral plane stuff in like X Men and League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and comic books like that. Hmm. Well, I don't think I saw this episode when it first aired. I saw it when I was rewatching it when I was um, older, and I got really excited when I found out there is an astral, uh, astral projection episode because that's one of my favorite. Um, Phenomenons, I guess you would call it. But I like reading about like the real life attempts, I guess, and on some shows where they talk about it. And I've had random people bring it up to me, so I was really excited for this episode. But it was a letdown for me. <laughs> really? Yeah, how they just covered this topic with their with the storyline that they chose. Well, it's not, from my understanding anyway, a particularly accurate take on what astral projection is. There's no astral plane or anything. No, it was just about her other spirit or whatever, leaving her body. Basically, that's it. I actually thought it was really interesting how they aptly named this episode Escape and made it about astral projection in a unique way. Because this is a story about a girl who willingly leaves her body because she feels like she can't handle the pressures of being her. And growing up, that's something every kid can relate to, where you kind of wish you could just step outside of your own skin for a while, just get away from everything. So I really like the way they handled that. Yeah, she's escaping from her pressures at home. Mm -hmm. I kind of wish I'd read up about the real-life attempts and you know more about astral projection, because to me... It kind of seems like being a ghost, but not being dead. And that's kind of boring to me. Well, that's sort of how they describe it on the episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I remember this is kind of the opposite of sacrifice for me in terms of my viewing experience. I remember this episode airing a lot as a kid, or at least seeing a lot, it a lot for some reason, and really liking it, but on rewatch, uh, I don't enjoy it very much at all. It's one of my least favorite episodes from season one. So, why is that? Um, I don't know. I guess it's because I have more. You know, I've rewatched the show so much now, and um, I guess Jack and Clue feel a little out of character to me in this episode. And I don't really find the astral projection stuff all that interesting, so it just doesn't appeal to me overall. Now, I love the idea of astral projection, but I agree with you on Jack and Clue. I really didn't like their subline with them fighting over Claire. I thought that was a little, yeah, weird, not very interesting. They're a little but, girl crazy in this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also really appreciate, though, how Eric Von Detten was such a teen heartthrob at this time, only So Weird never uses that to their advantage. They never try to capitalize that, and I love that about this show. 
nobody's turn into eye candy. <laughs> um, well, this is slightly off topic. Does I don't know if anybody else remembers that, but Eric Von Detten was on another show after, um, I think it was during his uh, hiatus from So Weird, mm-hmm. and it aired, I think, on ABC's TGIF. It was Auto very short. Hmm, what was it called? Odd Man Out. Odd Man Out. Okay, was that it? It only ran I for a season, so. I believe. Yeah, I remember seeing the promos for it, but I don't think I actually saw the show. I remember the promo about Eric Von Denton, like, making a little kid sniff his armpit, and that's basically all I remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know it was on after he had been on So Weird, because I recognized him from this, and I, at the time, just watched everything that was on TGIF. I even remember... Um, Teen Angel and So Wit, uh, what was it? Um, you Wish, and all these really bad shows that were on there from time to time. <laughs> anyway, that was off topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going somewhere with that, and he's like, oh no, that just happened. No, well, you just you mentioned uh, the guy, and that made me, and how he was, uh, he sort of has like the attitude of a teen heartthrob, but they don't use him for that. And that made me think of this other show that he was on that I have very little recollection of. <clears throat> Anyway, well, uh, Escape was one of these episodes that I had managed to completely forget about in between the time I originally saw it when it first aired and when I was rewatching it um, some time ago. And when it, uh, when I was watching it for the first time in years, I just had – it's something that I experienced a few times while I rewatching So Weird. I had that wave of nostalgia like, oh, man, I remember this. I'd completely forgotten this existed, but now it's coming back. Yeah, I I know what you mean. Like the shot of Claire walking through the glass maze. I don't know why, but when I first rewatched this episode after years of not rewatching it, it was like, oh, I remember this moment, and it was so like odd, you know. It was the scene in the treehouse for me at the end. But um, I think it is fair to say that astral projection, as it may or may not exist, depending on whatever anybody's opinion on that is, isn't a very cinematic phenomenon. So they had to work a little bit to make it work. And another thing is something people who have out-of-body experiences and things like that uh, report floating above their body and the sensation of being weightless or flying. And you can't really pull that off on a Disney Channel series uh, budget. So they had to go with a cheaper alternative. Being yeah. like in the astral um, realm or world, and they usually talk about like a lot of figures that they see or demons and all that. So, yeah, I actually, guess Disney Channel wouldn't want to do that. I actually did have an out of body experience once. I'm one of those people who suffers from sleep paralysis. Oh so. God, me too. Yeah. Oh my Sometimes gosh. Sometimes it gets weird. But when I always say I, that I want to experience that because I never have, and I like I love this stuff so much just to experience. But yeah, I'm, I yeah, don't hear I don't hear good things about my it. Reaction to be, but when it happened to me, like I could see myself lying down in the exact position I was lying in. I could feel myself like floating up, and then I was like trying to swim back because I had this moment. First, it was like, "Whoa, this is cool," and then it was like, "Oh crap, how do I get back?" I don't want to be stuck out here. My uh, experiences with sleep paralysis are not fun. They were all very upsetting yeah. to me. Uh, I was a young child, and it's just, um, you know, you can't move, and you have this intense mm-hmm. sense of foreboding around you and above you, and you have the sensation that you're being watched or there's something else in the room, and it's intensely unpleasant. And luckily, I haven't had it in years, but those uh, 
those experiences stay with me a lot. There's um, to go slightly off topic once again. There's a documentary about sleep paralysis called The Nightmare that I would highly recommend to anybody who's interested in that topic or hasn't experienced it and are curious about how it feels because it does a good job of capturing that sensation. I second that, and it's also really interesting that most of the people who suffer from sleep paralysis tend to see the same things. Like, I know one time when I had it, it I remember it looked like the door to my room was opening, and there was this dark hooded figure just staring at me and coming closer, and I couldn't Shadow see it people, all. People. Yes. Yes, everybody who is sleep paralysis. Sees that. Yeah, everybody sees the Shadow Man. It's weird, and I don't mm-hmm. know... Why that is, though, if you allow me... It could be, me, like, chemically, I don't know, something in your brain. Yeah. Not, not being able to put up an image, so it's just that. I think uh, sociologically, this is sort of my theory, it's something rooted evolutionary in our brain because um, when cavemen would, like, fall asleep on the ground, they would always be worried about being attacked by somebody. And I wonder if there isn't some sort of genetic memory linked primordially into us. But that's getting into some pretty heady stuff there. So. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. But that has nothing to do with this week's episode. They could have done they could have done a lot of cool things. Yeah, they make it their own thing. Yeah. <laughs> Should we start back at the beginning of the episode then? No, no, then... let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, they're at a carnival. Uh, Jack and Clue see this girl who they both latch onto and think is really cute, and they are trying to woo her. Um, when Fiona realizes uh, this girl is not necessarily there because she walks right through her, and eventually we realize that there's this girl. Her name's Claire. She's having pressures at home, and she is using her ability for astral projection to escape from her parents who are pushy. Mm-hmm. And that's basically the one-line summary for Escape. Yeah. yeah. Um, going back to the beginning, w- uh, when they first see Claire, like, I also agree with Jack and Clue acting out of character, but yeah, they just go yeah. straight to her, and she doesn't talk, like, the first few minutes that we see her at all. It's just uh, Clue and Jack arguing and trying to out, um, outdo each other. And then yeah. I think it's... I no say, and... It- her choice between the two gentlemen trying to vie for her affection. They're just like, oh, I saw her first. I think she's cuter. I'm going to win her a stuffed animal. And it's like, why don't you let her speak? Well, and I didn't realize this, but Fee does call them out on it later. She's like, who did the talking? Her or you? Because, yeah. yeah. And I appreciated that, at least. Yeah, neither of the guys think it's unusual that she doesn't say anything. But, um... How old are uh, Jack and Clue, like 15, 16 years old? Yeah, about that. So that kind of myopic, single-minded pursuit of a female they found attractive isn't um, too unusual. As somebody who's actually been a 15-year-old boy, I can I mean, it, if you want to generalize, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say their attitudes kind of contrast nicely with you know, their, uh, what goes on in Angel. It's like they've matured over two episodes. In terms <laughs> yeah, because of- at the end of this, Claire says something to Jack, and I don't remember if she says it's a Jack or Clue, but she says something like, next time you're in town, you know, give me a call or whatever. And um, unlike the girl and Angel, we never hear about her ever again. <laughs> yeah, I guess they realized they didn't have anything in common with her after all. 
<laughs> but this episode does have one of my favorite Fiona moments, and I think I've talked about it before. It's just a small moment when um, Jack and Clue go off to pursue this girl. She's left to explore the carnival on her own, and there's a shot of her on a roller coaster, and it's some dynamite acting from uh, Cara Delizia because she has a completely straight face. She's on the coaster. Her head's getting bounced around. She looks at her wrist as if there's a watch there. I don't even know if there is, but it's just some... <laughs> Great comedic acting from her because I don't know if I would if I was on a roller coaster if I could keep a straight face like that. So <laughs> yes, I love the scenes of Fiona being left on her own in an amusement park, just kind of bored out of her mind, killing time while the guys are vying after Claire. As a younger sibling, I can relate to that so much. <laughs> when you think you and your sibling are gonna go out and hang out and do something fun, and then they end up ditching you, and you're just kind of left there like. Hello, I'm still here. Let's do something. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's funny what uh, when Jack and Clue are talking to the girl, Claire. Uh, I think no, Jack says, "Oh, a, a girl shouldn't be alone at the carnival." And then Clue's like, "Isn't that what you did to Fee?" <laughs> yeah. Um, now, uh, one thing I do like, I think Kat was mentioning this earlier, is how the episode sort of uses a paranormal topic as a way to explore a more grounded, emotional feeling that um, many people in this age group would feel. You know, every teenager has pressures in their life that they wish they could just escape from and get away from. I mean, yeah. I did anyway. <laughs> um, we see a little bit of her parents, and I think... They're asking about why the guidance counselor said that she's falling asleep, and they just ask, is that why your grades are going or um, not that well? I think instead of asking, like, well, what's going on? And I think she talks about also why she does it, and that's just, she says when she was a kid, she would go to the treehouse to just get away from, like, all the private lessons and the tutors and all that. So it seems like they're just really pushing her to be this like, overachiever, roundabout girl. And something perhaps the episode could have done more with is the um, show begins with uh, just Clue and Fee and uh, Jack getting their grades, and there's some talk from them about how they're not... Some of them are doing a little better than others, mm -hmm. and it doesn't. the episode does not really connect that story thread to what's going on with Claire and her parents at all. That's something they probably should have uh, worked on a little more. That's a really good point, but I think one of the most relatable things about Fiona is that she is an average student, mm -hmm. and like you can see that in later episodes, like I think it's Fathom, where she's trying to study really hard to get good grades because it comes so much more easily to Jack than it does to her. Mm -hmm. At the very least, she doesn't like math class. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good at math, but Jack's pretty good at that. Yeah, this is probably one of my favorite bits of continuity is that Fee's not a very good student, Jack's a pretty good student, and Clue is, you know, I don't know, terrible, I guess, but <laughs> it's pretty consistent, and then it pops up an angel. I think Fee tries to, you know, ask her friend for, like, email her friend for the answers to her homework, and then in Vampire, she's like, I'm not a very good student, I know, but, and Jack's, like, really into tutoring, so, yeah, I really like that about the show. I think that gives a really powerful lesson, because just by watching the show, you can tell that Fee is such a smart, intelligent young woman, and you can be smart without being the best student. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it's nice that they do pepper that out occasionally, that Fee is in school and is being tutored, that comes up from time to time. 
-hmm. Yeah, except for that one episode where she goes to, um, oh shoot, I forgot his name. <laughs> Clue's brother. Carrie. Carrie. Um, and Carrie tries to give her te like test advice or strategies on how to do well on a test. And mm -hmm. you can see how uh, Carrie was also not good at school. <laughs> um, so something I think this episode does pretty well is uh, the use of music and direction is solid in this one to create maybe a little bit of suspense. There's a moment that narratively doesn't really make a lot of sense where Fiona's on the phone with Claire's parents waiting for them to go wake her up, and then Claire's there with her looking at her, and I don't know why they ramp up the music in that moment and make it kind of a weird, intense moment. It's effective. It doesn't really have a lot of narrative reason to be there, but I like it. It works. Yeah, that's what I what I thought was weird is how they wrote Claire and I guess the difference is when she's um in her body and when she's not cuz when she's not um like when she first sees Fee and she just walks through her I think like why do they do that? Cuz I I'm pretty sure Claire the spirit Claire can see her. But I, I don't I don't know why that, she just walks through Fee. I think that's just for storytelling purposes to give them the hints that Claire isn't actually there because it's only a 22-minute show. They need to get the plot rolling right away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Plus, it gives you that neat effect shot of Claire walking through Fiona. Okay, so we had some technical issues with um, Kat and her headset, so she's not here, but maybe she'll jump back in later. We'll return you to your regular program already in progress. <laughs> Okay, so we were talking about um, Claire, and I had said how it was weird how she just walked through Fee, but then it's like, oh, they're just you know trying to get it out there that she's having this phenomenon happen. Yeah, clearly they did that just to let the audience know something, if you will, weird was happening. Yeah, and um, whenever she's or the spirit her is like going to Fee, I don't know, she's always she's looking at her like very mysteriously and. Yeah, her, uh, it's, um, it's odd to me how she acts to yeah, feed I, just that way I and agree. not to the her, others. Her loyalties seem slightly ambiguous, and the episode doesn't really go anywhere with that. No. So. What yeah, do we think of that? It makes me wonder why she continues hanging out with them, because she does seem kind of just, like, observing them and... Because the spirit her, like, she's always going to feed, but then once feed goes to her house, she's like, oh... She like, no doesn't want to talk to her in the beginning. What do we think of that actress playing Claire? Vanessa King is her name. Um, I think they could have written her better. I think her writing of her character was just a little odd. Maybe towards the end it got better because she had you know more to say. Yeah, and Molly has a very small role in this episode. She shows up at the beginning, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, the other characters, uh, I think they just show up in the beginning um, with Molly. Her and Irene are talking about clothes, and they're saying how she always wears black. So there's a little bit of depth in there with, I guess, her still mourning Rick. I don't know if it's that or if Molly just likes the color black and doesn't like to be choosy with her flashiness. Well, but doesn't she have, like, flames on her shirt in that scene? <laughs> it looks like it to me. Like she has these orange flames all over her sweater. Well, I'll just have to, uh, from now on, keep an eye on that and see if Molly wears other colors. 
Yeah, and then there's, um, well, we talked about Ned in the beginning. He's giving out the test results to Kluffy and Jack. And um, there's one line that he says that I really like uh, when Kluffy uh, and Jack are trying to, like, soften him up or something about a field trip. And he's like, I've been there. I've been a teenager, and it sucked. And I think that's so funny because you don't hear that at all in any other type of shows for kids. Yeah, that sort of frank language that you wouldn't expect from a Disney Channel show. Yeah, about being a kid. And it's like, you know, the kids are watching. But I, I agree with Ned. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and you usually hear it, follow, like if you hear something like that, it's usually followed up with, but you just got to get through it or something, you know, and just said, you know, flat out sucks. The way it yeah. is. Um, and something else I want to talk about is when Fiona is trying to contact Claire, she's going on about these research papers she has on astral projection, and Claire gets so bored that she just falls asleep and phases out of her body right there in her bedroom, which is, you know, rude. Yes, <laughs> it's rude, and it's odd. Like, they just, they wrote her very weird. <laughs> yeah, but I, I liked even... what Fee was talking about, because I had recognized the name that she says, Robert uh, Robert Monroe, which is... Oh, yeah, that has some basis in reality. They just didn't make that up. Yeah, and an actual dude that studies um, astral projection and out-of-body experiences. So that was cool. Writer showing their research there. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this is totally off... Uh, well, sort of off topic here. I just noticed I'm looking at the episode's IMDb page, and in the plot synopsis, they refer to Clue as Fiona's cousin. In the <laughs> no. If anybody's listening to this, if anybody listening <laughs> to this has an IMDb Pro account, they need to change that. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed. I think someone's been editing it lately with like facts about the original season three, and I want to re-edit them because some of them are wrong. Like, I think there's something in there about Fee getting possessed, which uh, John Cooksey said definitely was not in the plan. Have been having a thing about that. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's not. It's just a rumor. So. Yeah, and in the wiki, there's some things that are wrong also. Well, but. IMDb trivia is slightly less credible than Wikipedia because there are people who actually monitor Wikipedia, and as far as I know, nobody monitors IMDb trivia. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, getting back to um, Escape, the episode's big climax is they find Claire in her childhood treehouse, and Jack and Clue are trying to wake her up why I believe Fiona is talking to her spirit body in the Hall of Mirrors there at the carnival, when the floor falls out of the treehouse, and that's your big dramatic action beat for what's otherwise a pretty low-key episode. Yeah, I was surprised by how suspenseful that was when I rewatched it. Yeah, it works well. That is a moment I like. Um, Now, something else I, I noticed is I can't... Does anybody know who directed this episode? I can't find a credit for that. I, um... I know who wrote it was Doug Jung. Doug Young? Young. Okay, I don't know how you pronounce that. Yeah, he only, wrote, he only wrote that episode, though, of all of So weird. Emily, did you say something? Uh, I was going to look it up. I think they list all the ep- episodes' directors on Wikipedia. Well I'm, looking at, well, I'm looking at IMDb, and I don't see a director's credit for this episode. But the reason I bring it up is I think the direction for this one is pretty solid, and I think that's why the suspense that's in here works well, um, even though the script probably could have used another draft. It's written by Charles Wilkinson. Or directed. 
uh, directed, yes. Okay. Who also directed Website, it looks like. Okay, all right. I'm yeah. glad we figured that out. That's something else. Okay, this hypothetical listener with an IMDb Pro account needs to add that, too. <laughs> yeah, there's a... I look at the wiki for So Weird, because they have all the episodes listed with the writing and the, the director and the air date and production date. Okay. Um, yeah, I think there were a few visually interesting moments in this episode, I guess. Like, I really like the glass house scene for something. It's really, like... I don't know, surreal, I guess. Um, and then I like, uh, well, I guess I like the way the scene with Claire going through the wall was directed and the kind of, I don't know, her, I thought that was a good scene. Yeah, um, I mean, overall, I, I think this episode's solid, uh, <laughs> though I totally understand people who aren't too into it. It's not a particularly notable one. It's one of the more forgettable episodes, I think that's fair to say. Is that you, Kat? Yes, that's me. You guys can hear me? You came back. Yes, I felt like I've been astral projecting here. I've been here all along, but not really. <laughs> but I'm glad you guys mentioned that line about Ned, because that is one of my favorite lines from the entire show, about how he's been a teenager before, and it sucks. I agree with everything you guys said. It's so on point, and you don't get adults being that frank in TV shows nowadays. But there is one line of dialogue from Jack that he says to Fiona something about how if you shut up for a minute, which is a little mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's I didn't a really typical Jack, it. though. If they um, say that line in uh, Will, Will of the West. So whenever he says it, like I always think of that episode, too. Me too. Call back later on. Um, okay, well, I don't really have any other notes or thoughts on this one. Anybody else want to say something about Escape? Um, there's this one, uh, something that Clue says. It's like a not intentional line, but when they're walking to Claire's house, I think he sees someone on the sidewalk and he says uh, Konnichiwa to them. Yeah, I noticed that too. <laughs> I don't know why they... like. Why did they write that in? I don't know. Well, there's also that weird line when they're going through the forest and Clue is afraid of stumbling into poison ivy or something. Yeah, that was one of the things that made me laugh this time. I think the humor sometimes doesn't work very well on this show. Technical difficulties. Oh. again. First you were having problems, and now I think we've lost Emily. I think her mic died or something. It's contagious. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> you have any, anything you want to say about Escape, Cat? Yes, I love the ending scene where Jack, C, and Clue are heading back, and it's just a sweet little moment where the guys are starting to fight over girls again, and then C breaks it up. It's like a cute little group of friends. I appreciate it. And then they end the episode with Jack. I don't know if it's a joke or whatever. But he's like, "Will you make me pot roast?" Because I think Clue was saying how that uh, Claire is going to be his wife, and he's going to invite them over or something. Did a Clue have any other? Um, hmm? Emily? Yes. You're back. I think my, yeah, I think my internet disconnected. So sorry, I'm going to have to find somewhere else to record. This room doesn't get the best internet. Oh, okay. Well, we were just we were wondering about you because you were here and then you were gone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because, yeah, I heard you all say, Emily, where are you? And I'm, I'm like, I'm right here. What happened? You're having what, another... What's happening to me? 
astral projection moment through the <laughs> internet, though. <laughs> I guess so. Oh man, okay. <laughs> so um, any, anyway, you were you were talking, Kat. Or were you? Did you have anything else to say? I also like the line about pot roast that Jack says to Clue. That's a good line. I love their bromance. <laughs> <laughs> did Did Clue ever have any other love interests throughout the run of the show? Um, not really. He had like that weird. No, well, like in the first episode of season three. Annie he liked Annie, yeah. which is weird, because the age difference and all that. Yeah. Did they ever follow up on that? No. Okay. There was just that line. I forget exactly what it was, but I've poked fun at it before. And Jack mentioned it, too, where he was like, oh, did he use that line on you? And Annie and Fee exchanged glances. And Clue was like, oh, well, sometimes you gotta play her because he wanted to get close to Annie. Yeah. <laughs> that was just weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> okay, does anybody else have any uh, thoughts about Escape? Um, just that, I mean, I personally didn't like it. There's too many scenes for me that I rolled my eyes at along with Fee. I mean, I know they're, pro they're supposed to be like that, but I particularly just don't enjoy them at all. Yeah, and it's not just Jack and Clue. There's actually a moment, I didn't realize this or think about it too much before, but Fee goes up to Claire's house and, you know, asks her what's going on. And Claire's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then she, Fee sees her dad pull up in the driveway and she says, well, maybe I'll ask your dad if he knows. And I'm like, are you really blackmailing her right now? <laughs> I mean, yeah. is that really necessary? Like, she's not harming anyone except for herself. But well, Fiona's drive for supernatural mysteries are so strong that she's got to step <laughs> over the line sometimes. Yeah, that was like so unnecessary, I thought. But but yeah, mostly it's the stuff with Jack and Clue that really irritates me with this one. Um, I do kind of like that it's set at a carnival, and unlike, um, you know, a lot of time with supernatural shows when they're set at carna carnivals, the carnivals are like really fantastic or something, you know, fantastical, and there's something spooky going on within the carnival. And so I kind of appreciated the normal take on a carnival. Yeah, this, this isn't the uh, spooky carnival episode of So Weird. That comes later. Yeah. The one carnival? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They switched it up there. but um, So I, I liked that aspect of this episode, too. It's not one of my favorite episodes of So Weird, and I think I like the premise and the idea behind it about how everybody has that need to escape from themselves better than I like the actual episode itself, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree that the script is a little uh, shaky there. Like I said earlier, I think it feels a bit like a first draft at the time, and it could have used another polish. But I think there are other things about this episode that work for me, and it sounds like I like this one a little bit better than you guys. Well, let me see something real quick. Oh, you know what? I just looked at the production codes on Wikipedia, and this episode was second. That makes a lot of sense. Well, that would explain why the characters are a little underdeveloped. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. I did not know that. Me neither. You learn something new every day. <laughs> All right, well, and I, I like this run of season one. I feel like from Sacrifice on, there are a series of episodes I really like, and you get into a good groove with the first season of So Weird that sticks around for, well, up until Tulpa at the very least. 
Oh, I love Tulpa. I can't wait till we get to review that. <laughs> See, for me, it's like the first season has a little mid-season slump with this episode and the next one. But then the episodes that follow, I pretty much really like all of them and love some of them. So Yeah, I agree. Well, I'm actually a fan of Simplicity, which I guess we'll talk about next time <laughs> on the So Weird podcast. All <laughs> <laughs> yes. right. So I think that's all for Escape um, with the ratings for some of us that do that. Um, I think I would rate it uh, a four. <laughs> And I gave it points because I like uh, Astro Projection. <laughs> but maybe that's about it. I think I'd give it more of a 5. Because I, I like the Astro Projection aspect too. I also love the special effects that we talked about earlier with Claire walking through Fee. But it kind of lacks character development-wise. Um, I've got it sitting at a 7, which seems a little high, but it's a low 7. It's a 7.2. <laughs> okay. Yeah, C-minus. Sounds good to me. <laughs> me too. As a teacher, that's what I would give it as well. <laughs> um, cool. Um, so we got some comments, I think about three, so I'll go ahead and read those. Okay. So we got a comment on our first episode of the podcast from Kenisu3000 and they said one of my favorite moments in the pilot is the shot with the wheelchair that has to be a reference to the changeling my favorite horror movie which also has to do with a child who died by drowning I uh, oh. don't remember a scene with a wheelchair in I do. I've seen the changeling I know that but I don't remember the wheelchair I in think, that episode I think it's the wheelchair that like falls down on the deck when it goes like up Titanic style yeah I think that's the shot that they're talking about yeah I'll have to rewatch that I should have uh, um, I'm familiar with the movie I just don't remember that moment I'll have to give that another look do you like the movie? I haven't seen oh. the movie. Oh, The Changeling's a classic definitely one of the best uh, Haunted House movies and it stars George C. Scott whom I love is one of my favorite actors. Okay, yeah, so thanks for that rating. I mean, that rating. The comment. So we got another one on our third episode for a memory from Alona Gutman. And I'm sorry if I say the names wrong. Uh, she said, I really like this episode. I think the slow build is something I appreciated as kind of unusual for a kid's show. And it gave the episode time to build a little more on the relationships between Fee and Jack and Clue. I thought they had some cute moments and Jack's truce with Fee at the end that if he agreed that something had happened, she could take a break from pursuing the truth and just enjoy the pool was a great moment in the early series. The episode is pretty high on my list. I really liked all of the Alien episodes in the first two seasons about equally. Thank you for doing these. I hope they continue. Oh, that's a great comment. Thank you. That's very nice. Yeah, that's one of my favorite Jack and Fee moments, too. Is As corny as it is, I don't know, it, it really hits home for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and for the same reasons that she said. Yep, the sibling I agree stuff was always too. The sibling stuff was always good on So Weird, usually. Yeah, their relationship is, like, my favorite relationship on the show. So Definitely. Okay, and then on our previous episode, Sacrifice, we got... Two comments from the same person called 
E Street Band Fan 1. They said, thank you so much for posting these. I listened to these at work today, and oh my gosh, they're awesome. I hope you guys keep on making these as they provide great insight to the episodes. I can't wait for you guys to start getting backstory episodes. I decided to watch it for the first time from the beginning in years, and it's just so awesome, but a shame Disney ruined what could have been an epic season three. Oh. And then their uh, second comment says, also, one thing you guys could easily discuss for the next one, or even in Willow the Wisp finale, is that there should have been a flashback episode to Rick's last day. They could have easily flashed back to the events leading up to his death, even an appearance by Brick Crew. They could have had Jack and Molly remembering the day as if it could be the anniversary of, of his death or something. They could have easily not have Kara if it was made after she left, as Fee was a baby anyways when he died. Okay, interesting ideas. Yeah, that's a really cool idea and one I never thought about. Like, I was trying to come up with a way, and I did on uh, the forum, I posted it, a way that they could have continued some of the, the storyline in Season 3 without Kara, and that's a really interesting way that they could have at least explained Rick's death. Um, but I, I agree, I think they could have done that, because well, Kara really didn't need to be there. Yeah, to this day, I don't understand why they dropped all the other character arcs and storylines when uh, Fiona left the show. That's well, one of the many things that frustrates me about season three. Yeah, I had also never thought about how they um, could have, you know, closed everything with Rick. But yeah, that's a really great idea. And now I'm, <laughs> I'm sad again because I, I really wish they could have done that now. And yeah, they didn't need Kara for that. Alas. You just have a baby, fake baby. But yeah, I don't know how that would tie in, though, with, like, Annie or all them. <laughs> she could be on, uh, I don't know, vacation or something, like how Fee's not there for, like, one episode. Um, and considering Disney wanted season three to be softer, building episode around a character's death is something they probably would not have been cool with. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right there. So yeah. they, the season three does touch on death, um... A few, in a few ways, but yeah, it's definitely not in the uh, darker way that seasons one and two do. I hope we don't uh, dogpile on season three too much. <laughs> yeah. It's I'm just... going to try not to. <laughs> <laughs> for the uh, potential Annie fans in the audience, we're sorry. Yeah, I do for my blog. Like, I keep season three, you know, you know, bashing out of my blog, but on here, it's just hard to keep my lips sealed. So. Well, when I was doing my watch through of the series and reviewing the season three episodes, you know, I always give my honest opinion, and they were mostly negative for that <laughs> season. Uh, so, um, but you know, I just I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I don't want to rustle any jimmies. Same. I mean, we are talking about our opinions on the you know the episodes, so can't really you know blame you guys. But I also don't want to exclude fans that do like that season. Oh, which reminds me, uh, maybe I could discuss the top five So Weird episode survey that I had. Oh, yeah. yeah, mention that. Okay. Yeah, I, maybe I'll just mention it on here. So, uh, on my blog, I uh, polled everyone who was following me, and I think uh, Kathy sent the link out to my survey on a few other platforms. Um, I just asked everyone what their top five So Weird episodes were. And the results uh, were pretty interesting. The top five, or actually the topic 
six episodes that were in the most top five submissions were Rebecca, Will of the Wisp, Banshee, Angel, Strange Geometry, and Twin. So there you have it. And um, if you want to see the full survey results, they're on the forum. And maybe we can put a link down in the description box below so people can check it out. Yeah. Any votes for escape in the poll? Um, good. Uh, yes, one vote. <laughs> so it's it's somebody's favorite. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I I said in the group chat that I was not surprised in the least that Rebecca was the unanimous number one favorite. Well, it's sort yeah. of. It's in the, most people's top fives. So it doesn't necessarily mean it's the most most people's favorite episode, but I think it's great that. You know, at least half of the fandom, you know, appreciates it for like how great it is. It's just a great episode. It's my favorite, so yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about it. It's my number one too, and Banshee, Angel, and Strange Geometry were all in my top five as well. So yeah, I think I I voted for Rebecca, Strange Geometry, Twin. And I don't remember the other ones. I thought I I voted for Nightmare for sure, but I guess I didn't. <laughs> yeah, Nightmare didn't get any votes. Maybe my vote so didn't that go through. Didn't That's weird, because I love Nightmare a lot. <laughs> yeah, Nightmare is uh, one I like. That's in my top ten. It just didn't make the top five. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't vote in the poll, so there you go. But most of the top five are my top five, too, so... Mm-hmm. All right. Well, in that case, I think that concludes episode five of the So Weird podcast. I'm Zach. I'm Kathy. I'm Emily, and I'll sign off for Cat as well. Oh, Cat's and out um, there somewhere yeah. in cyberspace. Thanks for <laughs> listening, guys. Um, I noticed that we've gotten a lot more downloads and plays, and a lot of more views on YouTube. So thanks for all that, and thanks for the comments. Really appreciate them. All right, all you ramblers, keep on rambling. Keep the faith. Make me pot roast?